Hey there, friends, listeners, Pottern family, found family, and just, you know, cool people in general. Connoisseurs of cool. <gasps> Connoisseurs of cool. Maybe. Anyways, I am Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. your host for the sudden but inevitable rebop, Jesse. I am here to welcome you to the second half of our debut episode of Season 2. I would again like to say thank you so much for coming with us. If you haven't, definitely go check out Season 1 where we watched through Firefly and the movie Serenity. We had some great guests. Josh and Kylie had never seen the show, and I think they enjoy themselves more than they expected to. So if you haven't, definitely go check out Season 1. But you know what? Season 1 is in the past. Season 2 is what lies ahead. And, more specifically, what lies ahead is the better part of the episode. There's more than an hour coming your way, so please, nestle in, get ready, and thank you again for joining us for Season 2, The Sudden But Inevitable Rebop. And I was like... Josh is going to be looking for Boba Fett because he makes an appearance. I'm totally kidding. He doesn't appear in it. <laughs> don't um, you yeah. don't you start with me. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know how that ends. I have two things that I want to ask you. Did you guys notice the pregnant girlfriend in the first scene that we see her? What does she do? She leans over and orders alcohol. Oh, yes. And her boobs. And that was at eight minutes and 34 seconds. And she Wait, saves what? the alcohol. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. No, I know the boobs. over the bar, Josh. No, it's the same. It so Kylie, that's great because that's the point of the shot, right? Is that yeah. you and everybody else in that bar is looking at her chest, but what she's doing is taking a sip of the drink, which you know, if you're pregnant, you ain't drinking anything. So like, you're right. That's her immediately going. I'm not actually pregnant. These are all drugs. <laughs> like, and <laughs> I missed it the drugs. first time I saw the series. I definitely um, miss that. I miss the drinking it, part of it, I guess. And I think she also Go ahead. Uh she ordered a bloody mary, which I guess was code, but right. mm -hmm. I that's kind of keyed me into paying attention to what she was doing in there. So yeah, I did see her take a sip off that beer. Yeah. I I completely missed it the first time and then as I was watching through last night, <clears throat> I was like, Ugh, that's such a cool little detail and then my other question is also another little cool detail, but it's from basically the very end of this episode. So before I give that, Kylie and then Josh and then Ricky, do you guys feel like you have anything from the first episode that you have to get out before I ask my question and we move to the second episode? So I do, yes. I just wanted to share some fun facts. Um, just, to, just I was kind of doing some research, trying to refresh my memory, Um but this, uh, the particular animator is Sunrise Animation, um, which is a really, really, it's kind of, they're kind of like the original um, anime animators. Um, but they also uh, animate my personal favorite, which is um, all the Gundam series. So that was kind of fun. Um, but then also, um, just because the, the song is so cool, and even the ending is a lot of fun, um, I was looking that up and see, I wanted to listen to more music, and it's actually pretty awesome, um, but it's by a band called the, or a group um, called the Seatbelts, um, mm -hmm. and they you're talking the jazz song, the, right? Yeah, yeah. So the, that the, song is called Rush, and it's incredible, the, isn't it? Oh, oh no, no. The beginning the first song, theme song is, song is Tank. Tank. 
Tank. Tank. Okay, I thought you were talking about the jazz one in the middle of the episode. Oh no, I'm not sorry. in the episode. No, the the beginning. Oh, I got hot listening to that. It song. was good. Um, <laughs> but then the, the also, they also do the ending, which is um, called "Real Folk Blues." Um, yes. But all their their music is pretty neat. Um, and I guess upon reading, they have been broken up for a long time, and just recently decided that they're going to start music which might coincide with the rumors of having a live action bebop oh it's not a rumor yeah that's happening oh yeah well but (laughs) full-on happening it got delayed so at this point it's sort of ethereal but it is supposed to still happen as far as i'm aware now kylie i don't know if you have the like an article right there or if you can find one but if i'm not mistaken which you guys I probably am, and I have been before. But if I'm not mistaken, the seatbelts were formed specifically to create the music for this show. And they did so in, like, concurrent production, right? So the animators would go tell them, here's the story, this is the kind of music I want. And there were some instances where the musicians went, actually, that doesn't fit with what we wrote, so if you could change that, that would be great. And it sounds like this was actually, like, a creative, contentious back and forth, but it it managed to be like this ultimately beyond fruitful marriage. And that's what created the structure of the show. Now, if that's not the case, I'm going to feel really stupid. Go ahead, Josh. Okay. Seatbelts is a Japanese band led by composer and instrumentalist Yoko Kano, uh, an international ensemble comprising both a stable lineup of musicians and various collaborators. The band was assembled by Kano in 1998 to perform the soundtrack music for the Cowboy Bebop anime series. Their repertoire covered and blended many different genres, mainly jazz, but also a wide variety of rock, electronic, funk, blues, J-pop, and other styles of genres. So you are correct. There you go. So if you haven't before, and like, let's say this is your first time watching Cowboy Bebop and you've chosen to watch it with us. First of all, let me say, excellent choice. You really can pick good friends and amazing podcasts. You are very good at choosing those two things, and I am very proud of you. Second of all, if you have seen the series, just go binge the whole soundtrack again, because it's so good. Just just do it. It's so good, you guys. It's so good. I used to own the album. It was, you nice. know, on CD. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What don't know, f- I don't know what happened to it, but... What other fun facts do you have? This needs to be a segment for the episodes. Kylie's Fun Facts! Kylie's fun Facts! <laughs> um, I, I did put down, you know, with the new, uh, with the live action, uh, they have picked John Cho to pace, play Spike, um, which is awesome. Oh. He's, you know, Harold and Harold yeah. and Kumar. Um, also Sulu. in a lot of other things, Sulu too, though. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and he's, you know, I think he was in The Office an episode or two and anywho um so that's definitely fun and um yeah i guess i think that's the end of my fun facts for this one okay more to come um i had let's see um i had commercial break i effing love old tv shows you can (laughs) totally tell where the commercial breaks are because they don't hide it um i had uh i love jazz music i i can't like that song when they're like that first little fight scene or chase scene or whatever, the music played behind it sucked me in. I was like, Oh, this is, this is wonderful. I cannot, like I was looking it up. I was like, who does this? Like, so I, yeah, 
I'm very excited to hear more of the music as the series goes on. That's great. <laughs> um, that's all I have for notes on that episode, though. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. I have one more curious question. Uh, the effects of anti-gravity only seem to be affecting cigarettes. I'm so happy you said that, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Folks at home, if you're watching or listening or live, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D can't see my notes, so he doesn't know that that's what I wanted him to ask. This is deeply serendipitous. That's exactly what I wanted you to ask. So, (laughs) I saw cigarettes floating multiple times, but nothing else. So, in the very last shot between Spike and Jet in the first episode, when he goes in to pass in the cigarette... Mm Mm-hmm. When when Jet enters that shot, they make it a point to show his legs, which have the metal casing that his arm has. And it shows his feet land and go thud on the ground, right? Yes. So he's in a part of the ship that doesn't have any gravity because he just lets go of the cigarette butt and it floats across, right? And his, okay. his shoes keep him down because they have metal. So what does that mean about Spike? magnetic or or weighted shoes because he's got the iron boots bro well he he's got weighted shoes it's a it's a kung fu trope the weighted clothing it's been in dragon ball z bruce lee's had weighted clothing they'll they'll train in clothes that are heavier than normal so that when they're not wearing that they're like a little bit extra fast right so if you're in space all the time, which is a low-G environment, and you constantly need to hop planet-side from planets to asteroids to all different kinds of stuff, how do you maintain your, like, sense of balance and motion? You wear weighted clothing all the time. And the only clue that you get to that is that he's, like, moving and dancing on the asteroid, and in that last scene, he's not floating with the cigarette because his shoes are heavy AF. How cool is the subtle world building in Cowboy Bebop, you guys. Come on. There he goes. All right. <laughs> I'm glad I caught that then. <laughs> I just get excited. Let's see. Ricky, you want to take an over-under on when Jesse cries in this season? <laughs> uh, when he actually cries or when he says he's crying? Uh, oh, actually cries. <laughs> eat me, Ricky D. <laughs> I think with that, we should have Kylie read the synopsis of uh, episode <laughs> two. Yes. That's a great stopping Let's. point. Exactly. Um, okay. So episode two is called Stray Dog Strut. Um, Spike and Jet's next case takes them to Mars, where they'll try to apprehend a professional pet thief and a priceless data dog. <laughs> and by the way, screw pet thieves. Who does that? Well, Abdul... Hakeem, the bad guy. Yeah, he he knew he knew what he was getting. He knew it wasn't just a dog. Oh, it's not just a dog. Is that what's going on? It's yeah. They called him a data dog the whole time. I didn't even notice that. Yep, it's a data <laughs> dog. He didn't understand the first episode. Josh didn't understand the second episode. It's okay, guys. We're off to an excellent start. So um, he, he noticed he was like freakishly smart. I kinda yeah. Where you're, you're I, like maybe this is just an anime thing. Well, <laughs> Well, everyone keeps talking about this freaking dog, so I know there's something up with it. But to me, like, I was just like, if they hurt this freaking dog, I'm gonna be so upset. (laughs) Ricky D, is it just me or does Kylie seem like she might be a little bit mad at Josh right now? Like, did you watch this episode? (laughs) Come on, you missed this. (laughs) 
Um, if you notice, sorry, when when they showed his bounty, his his crime was listed as notorious serial pet thief. So it's not like not only did he steal this Welsh corgi, he's done this specifically like several times before. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um. So can we stop call. for a second? And Go talk ahead. about that. What are they called? What is that called? Big shot. What? That the, where they get the bounties? Where they're yeah. where they're watching that yeah. show? I loved that, Big and it reminded me. Um, I had a note just about Big Shot. Um, oh, I'm pretty sure I would watch that all day. Kind of like the TV Guide channel back in the 90s. Oh my god! When when you get caught <laughs> watching the TV Guide channel because there was just something kind of interesting and then you missed your channel i would totally be watching big shots like oh that's an interesting bounty oh damn it i missed channel 72 again (laughs) here's who i am because i know that not everybody's going to be watching us live and some people might not even watch cowboy bebop before they listen the fictional tv show that josh is talking about features a woman whose shirt defies physics and just a guy that has the most racist, fake Hispanic accent that I've ever heard in my life. And Josh is like, I would watch that channel all day. Just, just throwing that out there, Josh. I love you. Uh, you're a very good person. And I, and, the, and I, know that, that I, just, know exactly I didn't even notice talking. that stuff. No, no, I just no. noticed that it was a really funny That's bounty hunter show. I'm saying I know exactly what you're talking about. I just can't help but give you a hard time. Um, but did you notice that they get a call from, from Dr. Light from Mega Man? Like, oh yeah, uh, Dr. Wiley. That Dr. Lights, he looks better than that. Do- I wrote that in my oh, notes. Right. Oh my god. See, look at that. I definitely noticed Dr. Wiley. Yeah. <laughs> I said, whoa, is that Dr. Wiley? Dot, dot, dot. It is. <laughs> so, that, look, my self given yeah. nickname was Wiley Kylie. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know why you have an at there because her at is actually Miss My Arm Cast, but. Oh my god, I'm so stupid. <laughs> No. Um, no. So, I, uh, man, I, I made that Twitter. Like, dude, that sounded more disingenuous than I wanted it to. I, I actually didn't want you to feel bad. And I realized that it sounded like I was like, no, no, you, you're a, no. That was not intentional. Um, very well done. <laughs> so, um, I wrote down that I like the, the cool shot of the, there's like this wall of mist around the edge of the crater in the second episode, right? And it's like, it it creates an atmosphere for just the people in that crater. Like, very cool. And the whole the whole Chinatown aesthetic that they have going on is like, I, I love, it, it feels so like old kung fu movie, right? Like, it feels like, uh, uh, Callie D says that Lee also wears weighted clothing in Naruto. I, I haven't, I haven't watched Naruto, Kali D. I I hope you don't hate me for that. Anyway, you know it's funny. Um, that is one that I never watched either, and it's like the most popular. Huh. So it I has know. a lot of yeah. seasons. One, maybe one of these days. One of these days. I think Naruto is one of the main reasons I have an aversion to anime. I would agree with oh, you. On that, that one's definitely a little bit more aimed towards kids for sure, but. 
Well, I, I think when that came out is when people started running with their arms behind their backs. And I was yes. Like, oh my God. All the kids at school at recess. I'd be like, in what, middle school. What if they, I'd be kicking my soccer ball? Like, look at this nerd. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Jesse looks with like Josh, he was guilty of that. With a Boba Fett in my back pocket. Like these nerds over here. <laughs> <laughs> what? You think I was guilty of the Naruto run? <laughs> no. And beyond this one. Um, I had great. I'm just imagining Jesse doing a Naruto run now. <laughs> and that, and it's hilarious because it's so far outside of anything you could picture me doing normally. Uh, I hope. Uh, maybe if we, maybe that's a thing we could do, you guys. If we could like raise a thousand dollars for charity or something, I'll make a video of me Naruto running. Yes, like with a cape. You have to have a cape. <laughs> oh, and the headband, of course, definitely the headband. I'm, more of a uh, I'm pretty sure somebody in our chat has a headband and gloves that I could use. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I'm, I I love the aesthetic. Don't get me wrong; I think it's pretty great. But the run is a little a little crazy. <laughs> Ricky D is calling people out left and right. If you're not careful, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. By the end of this episode, you're not going to have anybody left for your Dr. Horrible sing-along blog watch-along pod. And that would be rough, because I know how much you really want to do that. Um, just saying. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. <laughs> Cheers, Phil. <laughs> that was really well. You guys, it feels like we've planned this whole thing. And i got to be honest with you. We did even less planning for this episode of season two than we did for basically any episode of season one. Like we were, when I say we were on hiatus, I mean, we were like, we were almost dead to the world mentally. Like we didn't do anything. Other well, I did. Than, well, oh, not to prepare. Made, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> right. But like to prepare, we were like, okay, we're going to make a couple graphics. We've got to make this cool commercial and then we got to put this theme song together. That's all we did. We weren't like, oh, what should we do with this? What should we do with... Because, honestly, we were just fried at the end of season one. But, like, yeah, I'm just... I'm so excited to be back. And you guys, I just... I can't tell you how much fun I'm having. And I hope that it's coming through. Um, This episode, to me, the second episode, felt like it was just kind of the opposite. Not opposite, but, like... It even increased the pacing from the first episode, right? Like, the first episode was nuts and fast, and the second episode was, like, chaos compared to the first episode on my watch. I was like, there are so many threads to follow, and there are lots of coincidences going on. I'm not mad at the coincidence, because it's a literal small town. Like, we saw the whole town, right? It's, like, four miles wide. Like, I I forgive every trope that I see in this show because it's well executed and there's just nothing about it that that bugs me is that just me or are, are you guys in like the same area well i have a couple notes like of anime tropes that kind of bug me and one of them was actually in and i need to just go back to episode one i guess where he's eating or anytime they do the <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're embarrassed and they're also constipated at the same time. Like, yeah, it's, it's like making a noise when you clench your teeth. Like, that yeah. ha- <laughs> like it nobody, happen in real life. <laughs> nobody does that. And the the eating thing. And every time, every time in an anime, like people are eating, you know, the 
the mouth gets all full and, and yeah and and then my favorite one is is the the one shot of the faces you know when something bad happens and there's like the really intense face and oh, the right. like stuff behind it you know all the all the animation behind it though i mean that one doesn't bother me as much as like the noises that people's mouths make in these shows it's quite but, expressive yeah but i i guess that that's probably the, the one the one thing um but one cool aspect of that the villain in this episode does a thing where he grabs the dude's face and then shoves a shot with a bug in his mouth and the mm-hmm. bones crunching in the guy's face although it makes me cringe i i do like that 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 noise that extra noise you right. know so there there's some things in anime that drive me nuts but there are other things that i'm like oh yeah okay all right cool so I guess you just got to so, take the good with the bad, right? Well, I'll tell you why it's not bad, and uh, I'll give you some points. Ricky D, are you in kind of that same boat where you're like, I love it. Why can't the whole thing just take itself seriously? Why does it have to have these little things like this? Yeah, or are you like... we were talking about tropes earlier, and there's certain tropes that are just kind of like general movie, TV, literature <laughs> tropes. And then there's the specific Jeez, anime no tropes. Yeah, and Seems those ones I can agree with Josh that are just like, uh, this way. is just Seems odd. That way. Seems that way. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. Um, so here, the thing like I was, I've I've definitely had that right. Like when I was first watching anime, even as a kid, I was like, what is this? Like, why? Why does it? Why does the whole thing not stay in cool mode? Like, what? Why can't they just not do that? But I think as I got older, I sort of, I kind of got to the point where I was like, oh, okay, it's because they're working within certain restrictions, right? Like, you can't have an ultra-expressive face unless you add more lines to it, you know, because if it was an actor in in live action, you could just have them make a very subtle change in facial expression and we'd go, oh, they're telling a lie or, oh, they feel embarrassed, right? But, like, without having your character say, well, that was embarrassing, which I mean, they do do that in anime. They but do like, that anyway. Yep. They do that and the noise. Mm-hmm. They don't do it all the time, right? Like Spike. The thing that I like about Spike is that the similarity he has to Han Solo is that he's kind of like he's making fun of everything all the time, right? And and yes, Kelly D, you do get used to the weird anime things, and that's that's the thing that I would say is to to try to keep in mind is that it's not necessarily like. I don't know. I understand the subjective nature of wishing that some of those things weren't there. And I agree with you on some of those points. I 100% do. But as a horizon expanding experience, right, I try to like really pay attention to it just for the sake of being like, why is it there? So that when I do get to the point where I'm like, oh, it's probably because they don't have micro expression and they can't do this or that or the other thing or they don't want to. Right. And like with this show, like, I don't I don't know how animation works, but if all animation costs the same, then the only restriction they have is how much time they have per episode to tell a story, right? So, like, if there are two minutes like this, I'm going to forgive them for any shortcuts that they take. If they're like, the shortcut is, look, his face is full, he's eating, it's over. I'm like, cool, 
don't care because it's not important. It's a small detail. And that's like, that's, that's why they didn't detail it. Right. Like that's why they, they, they had to draw every frame. So I'm not, I'm not mad at you for feeling that way. I have totally felt that way and it's understandable, but I feel like that's not really enough to detract once you get to the point where you're like fully in. And I'm I'm not worried that you're like not giving it a fair shake because you, you watched it. That's, that's plenty already. So. And like Callie said, I will get used to it. Um, but just it's those little things that, you know, whenever I watch an anime and once in a blue moon, I notice it so much more. I think this is probably true with Josh too. My other strongest um, interaction with anime was Pokemon and Digimon. So the, yeah. those kind of anime tropes really bring me back to that place where it is a childish show. And I do have to get over that. And they, oh man, and they overused it so much in Pokemon, like to, to an obnoxious degree with those tropes, I feel like. So yeah. maybe that, maybe it's like a little bit of childhood PTSD that Pokemon gave me with that, that I'm like, oh God, not again. <laughs> not Misty and that. Team Rocket. Oh God. It could, could be that. something like that. Well, if you don't like girls that wear shirts that are too short, then maybe we should stop watching the show. Um, so the next Kylie, I absolutely hate that kind of stuff. I I am so sorry. I couldn't hear anything that just happened in the last like 15 seconds. Excellent. So (laughs) I can hear now, but I totally didn't hear. It's okay. Yeah. Good. Great. Now I have to go back to the episode. (laughs) That's the worst. So the next two notes that I wrote down were, I hope that Eddie Izzard plays the pet shop keeper in live action Bebop. And then I wrote the one-liners in this show are great. When they're they're doing the bargaining for the dog, she's like, how about $2? And he's like, how about 15 And then the next line is, zero. I'll take it back. I was like, that's... That line is probably cheesy in any other show. But... <laughs> I'm so here for it in this show and I don't know why like it just like I said I forgive this show for any cheese and I just feel like the cheese just gets better with age maybe maybe I'm just a fanboy the uh so when he's chasing him through the streets right and Hakeem jumps over the game board that those two guys are playing and then Spike runs through the game board and then the guys that are chasing them show up and the crowd is like not going to let these guys be the third people to interrupt their game. One of the background voices goes, well, I've had enough of that. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) so there was a lot of that, a lot of that background, like RPG stuff. (laughs) <laughs> um, th- there was one like, I- and I had a. Uh, it's you're planting seeds of a different kind, and it's just the random ass conversations that like yeah, when you're playing guys. a when you're playing like a Final Fantasy game and you're walking, walking by, by people and you hear them talking and they're just talking about random crap, and that I d- I couldn't I could not help myself but think that this this was Final Fantasy like a lot of times watching are, these episodes. Are all of us watching this with dubs and not subs? Yes, uh, I think. Anyway. I, I was going to say, I'm watching the dub because it's easier for me to make notes if I don't have to look at the screen. Um, and this this is actually, to that point, Ricky D, this is actually one of the few shows where when I recommend it for people, I say, go ahead and watch the dub. Because this is one of the very, very best dubs that there is for English. Okay. Well, the voice acting is incredible for this show. Yeah. A lot of anime, lot of... Is the voice acting is very, very 
very well, cheesy, like way, way more cheesy than this. Well, a lot of American voice actors are going to approach it like a cartoon, right? Like, oh, yeah, I'm in this movie. That's a cartoon. So I'm going to voice act it that way. Whereas people in Japan that are voice acting this, those people are celebrities. Like people know those names more than they know the actors names. Right. So it's like it's huge there. And this is one of the few examples where I think the English, the English dub actually, I think I prefer it. And, and that probably sounds however it sounds and i'm okay with that because it probably is that way but the english dub for this is is actually very good so normally i would recommend subs but no personally i'm i'm doing dub here um did you guys catch what hakeem's code name was no no neither of you anybody in the chat did anybody catch hakeem's code name so when Hakeem goes to call whomever he's working for, for whose job it was to steal this dog, he says, codename Snoop, put me through. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I remember now. Yeah. Like Snoop dog, dog napper dog. <laughs> dog napper dog. Josh's pause was so pregnant that I had to get the dog into it. I was like, say it, dog. <laughs> Oh man, I did like his one line where he said, "What time is it?" Someone's like, "It's four o'clock," and he's like, "Only two more hours." Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, "For what?" And <laughs> it's <the> intro, <laughs> right before that shot, right before that spike says, "Uh, I hate kids," and then the next shot is those kids fishing him out of the lake. It's like, yeah, <laughs> because kids kids cause problems. They help criminals out of lakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looks like Callie is also watching dubs. She says, could not find a source with subs, but yeah, dubs are better than I thought they would be. Ah, uh, she missed the Snoop Dogg, you guys. It's okay. I caught it. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do want to watch it um, both ways, though. If I get the time, like I, I would li- I'd like to take notes through the dub version and then watch it again through the sub version and see if there are any differences between lines and stuff because i'm sure there's translation um, barriers and oh, stuff like that like, i'm 100 yeah. yeah so what i really like though is that the music same in every version and like that song that song from the second episode where i think the line is you said you wanted to see paris baby so i took you to the movies and it was called la blah blah or something french like that Yes, yes, I love that. Or something French like that. Yeah. So, like, why can't all jazz be like that? Like, I feel jazz is mostly inaccessible to me because I don't understand what makes it good, right? But, like, when I see Cowboy Bebop, I'm like, this is excellent. Is it because I'm missing the visual? Or is it, like, is is this a more popular version of jazz in this show or something? Like, I don't know what it is, but, like, I'm having a last with well it's because you have a professional composer that knows exactly what he's doing with the you know with all the other musicians and he's like jazz I, I doesn't know, come I, from a piece of paper josh jazz comes from the soul okay josh <laughs> sorry i, I josh. thought i hadn't spoken <laughs> um that was nerd alert <laughs> i think we're gonna call that an episode you guys thanks for joining us uh yeah, it's been, it's been great. Um, I uh, I love the different. Speaking of voices, I love the different accents that people have in this episode. First of all, the lady 
Um, when she's like, something's upsetting my babies. Oh, like that's exactly how she did it. <laughs> oh, and you're talking, you're referring to the, uh, the owner of the weapon shop. Like, look, dude, I'm about to drop a lot of exposition on you. So you better pay attention. Okay. That guy with the, the, that SoCal <laughs> punk rock guy. Yep. Oh man, what are the, what did I have uh, his line? Uh, he's got a pretty good eye, man. Like, <laughs> just, like someone walking into a board shop. Oh, are those independent trucks? Oh, bro, you got a gray eye for, for board trucks. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry. Nobody casually says the sentence, you can buy anything here from information to human lives, dude. <laughs> <laughs> No stoner has ever said that. I guarantee. <laughs> like, I'm start to say that on my job and see the reactions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you yes. are gonna get fired. Like that's <laughs> that is the weirdest line. I get that it was like showing that hey, look, in the future everybody's still from different places and it's a mishmash. But it was like really that was the voice that that guy chose. And no, Blink One Eighty Two is still around. <laughs> it's just like what is happening in this TV show? I. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I have two notes left. The second to last one is I love the moment in the van that we spend with the guys where he tries to hear the dog whistle and he's like, did you turn it on? And the other guy's like, it's a dog whistle. He's like, yeah, no, I I knew that. I, I, t- I was I was testing you. I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's totally extraneous. And I'm so happy that they gave it to us. Like, we didn't need that at all. And it was an excellent choice to include it. I love that scene. Um, and then, uh, the guy who you were talking about earlier who got his face all crushy, I love that he shows back up at the end and his whole jaw is bandaged. Like, he goes to see the guy and he's like, what's up? And he's just got this huge bandage across the bottom of his face. So, like I said, I don't have any, uh, other episode notes. So let's go, um, Kylie, Josh, Ricky, do you guys have any other episode notes? I mean, I know that we went quick right there through the second one, but for me, it was all about how it made us feel and like what kind of experience you guys were having. So I'm happy to hear that you were enjoying yourselves. Obviously, I'm loving that. But if there's any specifics that I just blew past, please definitely go ahead and revisit. I still love the comedy of this too. There's, a, there's some good comedy. Um, at the end of episode two, when, the, with the wedding thing, how he steals the just married car, and the lady, what, what does she say? She's like, "Oh, everything's Harold. perfect," and then the dude gets punched, and she's like, "Oh, Harold!" Oh, Harold! <laughs> and then the guy officiating goes, "How dare you?" <laughs> yeah. How dare you? <laughs> Again, all tropes, one hundred percent forgiven. Yeah, I mean, and it's, they're tropes in like the best way possible, cause they're, they're funny, you know? Um, and I, I just, the whole dog thing, I, uh, I swore a lot with, with the dog, cause I, first, first note, if he hurts that dog, I swear to God. <laughs> Second note, he better have saved that effing dog. And then last note, yay, doggo is okay, quotes, let's just salt him and eat him. Whoa. <laughs> All that just to just to say you're going to eat the dog. <laughs> I had a question regarding the dog. Uh, it's obviously a corgi, and isn't it kind of traditional for animes to put Shibas as their like dog of choice? Am I imagining well, that from anime? No, you're probably thinking about the story of Hachiko, um, actually, um, in 
that was he was at Shiba. Um, so yes, that I is guess a, that is, is a, that a, like a, trend. a popular story that are. He's a legend. You know, like it's a actually something. Loyal dog, right? Yes. Oh, okay. I did learn it from an anime my first it's time. It's a Japanese old yeller. Um, but no, basically, yeah, he, yeah. um, th- this little puppy would wait for his, uh, owner, um, every day at the subway okay. and. Oh, actually, I know that story. If I'm okay. not mistaken. They're making a movie out of this story with Richard Gere. Yes, they are like, making a movie. Richard yeah. Gere's still around? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, that guy still acts? <laughs> I don't know if you call it acting, but y- yeah, to, to your point, Ricky, the the Shiba is a Japanese dog breed, is it not? So it makes sense that it would be like uh, Sakura cherry blossoms, right? Like they're all over. It's it's like how it's like how everything you watch from America has a scene where they stop to get burgers, right? Like because that's that's what's there. Yeah, I'm not sure why they did the Welsh, Welsh corgi though, but I do love because it's effing adorable. It is so cute. Um, uh, but I do it love is when a, uh, yeah, Jet's holding him and he's like, "Yep, Welsh corgi, hundred percent mongrel," and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> and they're like, "What other percent is there?" Something like that. He says a hundred percent, and he goes, "Yeah, that's all the percents they are." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. So I don't it, have any other notes though. By the way. Okay, Ricky D, do you have any other notes? I don't. At Miss My Arm Cast, Kylie, have you got any other notes you'd like to cover? Um, no. All right. Well, Josh, be ready with your trigger finger because I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to get there. All right. So, if you've watched Sudden But Inevitable before, you know that each week we have a couple segments that we like to do. We like to pick out things that we feel stand out in an episode or things that we feel kind of make it what it is, or things that are kind of the essence of the episode, that sort of a thing. Um, And we also like to give a rating out of 10. Now, last season, we had a segment called Simon Says, of course, named after Dr. Simon Tam. And that's where we would talk about our favorite quote from the episode, because, I mean, let's be honest, the dialogue in Firefly is... So... Before that, though, if you are a very, very, very old school Twist My Arm podcast listener, you may remember all the way back to Quest Me Season 1, where we were talking about, confusingly enough, The Mandalorian Season 2, and we had a segment called Shot of the Show. Now, Shot of the Show is what it sounds like. It's the best image from the show, the best visual moment that we liked the most. Now... Because Cowboy Bebop has some great visuals and some great dialogue and some great music and is kind of jazzy in general, we're going to try to be kind of jazzy with our segments this season. So that having been said, we are going to do a little bit of both this time around. We're going to have a shot of the show and we're going to have our favorite quotes. Now, I would like to pick a name for the favorite quotes segment. I like to be the person to come up with that, but... Because this is a new season and I have a new co-host, Kylie. Kylie came up with a great name for our our favorite quote segment. And if you have it with you, Kylie, please say it right now. And if you don't, then I am sorry because you texted it to me and I can't remember what it is. Um, It's um, so Spiegelspiel. 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 Spike's name. Spike's last name is Spiegel. Spiel is speak, right? So, Josh, get ready with the cue, because this is the first ever Spiegel Spiel. 
Okay, so this is where we share some of our favorite quotes from the two episodes that we watched this week. I would love to go first, but it wouldn't really be fair. So instead, I'm going to have Josh and Kylie go first. Kylie, since you're the co-host, I'm going to let you pick who between the two of you goes first. You're kind of like in charge now. Um, Josh can go. You? Oh, you want me to go? Yeah. Are you not ready? No, I'm ready. Okay. Um, I was born ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like like you said, we're doing a couple different ones. So earlier in the episode, I mentioned that the first minute scene with the rose and the gunshots um that is probably my shot of the show for episode one um my line of the show which i i think i would say for both episodes the line of the show that i that i liked the most was this is real mystic and all but do you have anything to eat here <laughs> sorry oh, ricky ricky <laughs> um i mean no that's that's uh that's not what i did um, <laughs> no, don't do another one. What if that's Ricky's backup? <laughs> what makes you think I have a backup? So, <laughs> oh. uh, it's my chest, Ricky. It forget what I same. said. <laughs> no, um, but th- those were my two things. Um, I pretty much liked all of the space shots as well. I couldn't really pick a particular one that I enjoyed the most. Um, because they were all pretty cool. So I'm going to really try hard next time to pick my favorite out of uh, all of them. Cool. Um, So for the first one, um, I really particularly kind of liked... uh, um the basically how manic and insane he looked when he was doing the drugs or whatever um when he was on the the blood eye or whatever eye, yeah. um he looked just deranged and it was just it was awesome um which is, i think is what what is a lot of fun about anime um as you'll see you know they they do a good job making people look freaking insane um but then my i have a quote for the second one and it was uh spoken by doc he wasn't like a huge guy in the you know character in this particular episode but he was the older gentleman short kind of cute um but basically um he had a run-in with Hakeem and he was like not a fan and Spike was basically saying that I'm gonna go after him and he says give him the once over in fact do it twice (laughs) and I was like I love that that's my favorite (laughs) so all the one-liners. Yeah, very, uh, we'll start using that. Give like, me the once-over. In fact, make it twice. Do it twice. <laughs> Hollywood noir, right? Like it's a, it's like a detective thing. Give him the once-over. Yeah, it's, yeah, I like it. Um, Ricky D from Best Flicks is Ricky D. D. Did you have any backup quotes or shots that you'd like to share? I'm sorry that I let Josh go first. Uh, no worries. <laughs> uh, I've got a shot. I'm scrambling right now, and I can't pick any good, quick quotes. Uh, but for my shot of the okay. show, uh, it was uh, four minutes into the first episode, and it was when he was getting his bell peppers and beef, but there was no beef in it, and he just had this, uh, sorry, Spike is he I'm speaking of. He just had this deadpan look on his face, and he's like, there's no, there's no beef <laughs> in this. And he's just, I felt like it was a shot that you could very easily meme. It was just like, yeah. at work feels like, you know, something stupid like yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. I could dig that. I, uh, my first quote, if you follow me on Twitter at sudden, but then you've already seen my first quote and it's really simple. It's spike talking to Katarina and she says, I've never seen Mars. 
And he says, I was born on Mars. It's just like, that just is cool. Like, that just encapsulates so much of what's cool about this, right? Like, he's like, trust me, it's just a place. But also, I've been there. Like, I'm cooler than you are because I've been there. And he's got this red Corvette, and he's from Mars. And it's just, he's so bitchingly cool. He's like, un, I, I, I can't. I love it. I was born on Mars is my favorite quote. And then um, for my uh, my shot of the show for the first episode, actually, Josh, I think that I in the if you check the group chat, I think that I may have sent you my shot of the show from the first episode. If you're watching along, boom, this occurs at 22 minutes and two seconds into the first episode. Basically, what's happened is Katerina has just blasted Asimov. She gave herself up. They got shot by the cops. And this is all the glass falling from this cool biosphere that everybody's in. And the glass is falling down and Spike's red Corvette is flying up in the opposite direction. And it's kind of moving in slow motion. Just absolute beautifully drawn gorgeous piece of art i love it i love that whole scene and it really gives you that sense of like you know lives hang in the balance of moments and sometimes it's this much between you and the void and it's like here's your illustration of that you know your your literal illustration of that uh set to just an an excellent soundtrack what video game does this shot remind you of what, it's got a Halo? Halo yeah, it. Halo. It's got a little there Halo was that to episode it. where you could see hack. the Halo like arching up in front of you. I think it was called like Guilty Spark 343 was that level. Yeah. But yeah, that looks so much like it. Yeah, so Halo and to a lesser extent, a lot of different sci-fi properties, Ricky, have borrowed that from a concept called a Dyson sphere, which is where you would build a sphere surrounding an entire star and then harness all of the energy somehow by doing that so it and and so if you were to live on the inside of that sphere you could look into the sky and see like city blocks right if they put habitation all the way through the inside of the sphere Uh, so it's a very old sci-fi trope and to see it presented so beautifully here and to be so familiar with it around the same time contemporarily with halo is like that's a nice connection to draw um Josh, did you get the uh, second shot of the show that I sent you? I didn't get time to clip it. No worries. If you would like to get my second shot of the show, again, you can go and follow me on Twitter. It's there. This scene is about 4 minutes and 36 seconds in. Hakeem is sitting in front of this wall, this giant red and white wall with a large golden dragon painted on the wall, and it's just so cool looking so definitely follow me on twitter and check that out or go to 436 on stray dog strut so nope that's not the right one my bad nope that's the same one my my quote for the second episode was uh when spike goes up to the guy that he thought was hakeem and says uh sorry about the gun thing have a nice day yeah and then just walks by like oh that's nonchalant as hell (laughs) um so i'm trying something new this season you guys i didn't write down my rating for this pair of episodes i'm i'm going to uh write them down together sorry i'm not i don't i don't mean that i'm going to score them as one i mean i'm going to score them at the same time and i i haven't written my scores down beforehand 
because I want to go through th- this conversation and the the feelings that I get from it. And this is a trick that I'm taking from Sean at Cheap Seat Reviews. I was so just you, gonna just gonna mention that. <laughs> Definitely go check that him out. Josh, Ricky D, and I have all been on there. And Kylie, you are next. So we actually uh, have an interview with Sean from Cheap Seat that's going to be hitting the TMA podcast line next Thursday. So you'll be able that? to hear where we got the inspiration for this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How's that for brand synchronicity? So. Um, Josh and Kylie, well, actually, let's do this. Josh and Ricky, let's have you rate the episodes first. So, Josh, how about you give me your first episode rating, and then, Ricky D., you give me your uh, episode one rating. Uh, Episode one would be, I give it a 7.5. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Did you need... (laughs) No. Uh, (laughs) I'm right there. I'm at 7.5. I'm enjoying the episodes. I'm not like freaking out the way I was about Firefly, but I'm enjoying the episodes and interested to see where it goes. Excellent. Cool. I'm going to say, I would say a good solid seven. um, Because I think it's great. Uh, Introduced, you know, some good characters and you got your one-liners and you know it's hilarity ensues um but i know that there's so much more to come um and there's so much more coolness so i'm gonna build start with a solid seven foundation that's that's good good logical sense um i think i liked this episode more than the rest of you so i'm gonna give it an eight um because that only fits logically right so like i you guys know me. I don't know if I would be described as over enthusiastic, like maybe for the stuff that I love, but like I also like to think of myself as very critical of the stuff that I watch where I'm like if I'm not enjoying it, I'm not going to watch it. So the fact that I enjoy the show enough to bring more people into it, I think is probably a good indicator of how I feel about it in general, right? Um but yeah, I have to give Asteroid Blues an 8. I think as far as first episodes go, I th- it's just enough to make you go, okay, I have to watch episode 2. Like, I, I need to know what happens after this, and then maybe I'll, you know, make my judgment call. Um, so, with that out of the way, um, uh, let's say Ricky D, uh, what is your rating for episode 2, Stray Dog Strut? I'm going to go with an 8. I uh, felt fairly similar, but the addition of a dog is definitely going to bump up my rating. So, going eight. That's fair. I like Love it. Love the corgi. <laughs> Josh? Man, I think, I think I'm going to go eight as well because of the comedy. It bumped up this episode for me. And you know, I'd actually go 8.5 because... Uh, the extra half just, a point for comedy, extra half a point for the dog. Pretty much. Yep, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly I gotcha. it. I, I'm yep. here with you. So if Triumph the Insult comic dog was in this episode, it would be a 10? It would be a goddamn 11. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that was the most this. profound thing you've ever I, said, Ricky. <laughs> I, <laughs> It's so good to be back, you guys. I'm already loving season two. Um, Kylie, what did you have for your rating for the second episode? 
Um, I'm going to say eight, um, for the same reason as Josh, it was, it's funny. It was, I was, you know, I was cracking up and, you know, and now we're still cracking up talking about it. So <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, on this one, I'm, I'm very much a lie. It, it feels super bland to do, but I'm actually also going to give it an eight cause I feel the same way. And it's like, to me, like if the first episode didn't hook you, this one did. And specifically because it had more of the comedy, it has the dog, it has the, it kind of reestablishes that the stakes are episode to episode here. Like there's no, like there's not necessarily this, like what's going on in the background. Like, I mean, that's there, but it's not like overpowering or, or anything like that. Um, I feel like Kylie, do you think, we should explain to Josh and Ricky that this show only has one season, but not in the way that Firefly only has one season. Um, enough of an explanation right there. (laughs) Does it have a true ending? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. It was a single season thing. Like is the point. Yeah. It was conceived as a single season thing. Like that's the point. Right. And I, I think you can see, like, from the outset, like, this must take so much effort to make. I could see why they'd be like, let's do this for one year and then stop. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I like that, though. I like that about shows that they take themselves seriously enough to end it at the right time. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sure that a lot of people would argue that, you know, Cowboy Bebop could have went on for a couple more seasons. Um, But, like, the good shows, they always end at the right time. Mm The quality is still there. Yep. All right. So, and that's a that's a really good point, Josh. And I feel like there's almost nothing anymore, at least nothing that I've seen recently that was like, oh, they pretty clearly just wanted to tell only this story and then actually I take that back, the uh Castlevania anime on Netflix, very clearly conceived as a four-part four-season series, very well done. Definitely recommend checking that out. I'm just doing a tiny little bit of math for the uh calcul uh the ratings here. If I haven't forgotten how to do that, that means the Sudden But Inevitable Rebop gives Episode 1 of Cowboy Bebop Asteroid Blues a 7.5 out of 10, and Episode 2, Stray Dog Strut, an 8.125 out of 10. That decimal is just for you, Sean, from Cheap Seat Reviews. Actually, that's just how the math worked out, but I know you love decimals, man, so shout out! Um, Speaking of Josh my good friend Josh, uh, why don't you go ahead and hit that fancy little bumper that you've got sitting right there under your thumb. For this segment here, um, normally what we'll probably do is split up the shots and the quotes. We're just like I said, we're kind of still building this as it happens, but for this segment here, normally we would do the sudden but inevitable shout out and we would have this whole list of people that we had planned, but it's a new season and that means that I am not in mid-season form and that means that I am just going to shout out people that I can remember having been deeply impactful or helpful on social media and in our lives in general over the last month or you know a couple of weeks. Uh, so if you listen to season one of Sudden But Inevitable, these are names that you'll probably recognize, but that's not going to stop me from putting them out there. So before I do that, I want to say thank you. And 
we appreciate you and we love doing the show with you here to everybody in our live chat philip ryan callie rona uh rosie stopped by for a little bit even though she's in the middle of doing homework like thank you guys so much for being here it really kind of means the world to us and we can't overstate how much fun we have with you all here and how meaningful it is to us like this is kind of what we always wanted when we started podcasting was to have an audience like you so thank you for being an audience like you and coming to our show um I feel like most of my shout-outs, a lot of them are going to be podcasters, um, but that's because that's who helps us get the show out. That's who helps us make the show. That's who helps us grow the show. Um, our side, of course, of the outside, of course, of the audience and uh, all the people that we just mentioned. So for me, very specifically, those people are on Twitter at NextOnStage1. That's Pixie from NextOnStage1. At GreenShirt87, that's Cameron from the Green Shirt Podcast. Definitely check them out. Uh, at Cheap Seat Cast, that's Sean from the Cheap Seat Reviews Podcast. Uh, Fandom Thing Pod, that's Aaron. And I'm actually going to be on Fandom Thing tomorrow night live doing the George Michael episode. It's a Fandom Thing is doing all kinds of episodes for Pride Month, and I'm very excited to join her for the George Michael episode because... Oh, I, I thought you were talking trouble. about Arrested Development. My bad. That's what makes all those jokes funny. Those those jokes wouldn't be funny without George Michael. Um, if you're looking for another pod to check out, definitely check out at Bedwed Behead pod. That's Megan Carla. You know them from season one of Sudden But Inevitable. They are still cranking out episodes every single week. I love Megan Carla. I love Bedwed Behead. Go check out Bedwed Behead. What are you waiting for? Um, at Measure the Score, that's another great podcast, and they analyze film scores. Like, we have made so many cool podcast friends, you guys. Like, Josh and I are having an absolute blast getting to know everybody and bringing them through, and it's going to be so much fun when we can get everyone together in one spot for PodCon. Um, if there's other people that I'm missing, I, oh, I absolutely do have to mention Digital Dissection at Digital Dissect One. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D and I went to Digital Dissection specifically to talk about Firefly with them. They're doing a whole Firefly week this week, starting this week, you guys. They've got three special episodes coming out. That's me and Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D talking about Firefly. That's going to be Sean from Cheap Seat talking about the movie. And that's Chris from Measuring the Score talking about the score and the music. So, you guys. Everybody that I just named, thank you so much, and direct shout-out to you guys. You guys are great, and we're going to put all those handles in the show notes so that you can go follow those wonderful people on Twitter, too. Now, that's all I've got, and we need to kind of move here. So, Ricky D., let's go to you for your shout-outs, and then we're going to move to Josh and Kylie for their shout-outs. Yeah, well, the episode started, and I didn't actually have any shout-outs, but uh, I wanted to say thank you to Ryan and Phil Ryan Archuleta and Philip Krogmeyer for hopping on here and joining me. Uh, they're some old roommates of mine. Uh, they're also big Cowboy Bebop fans. And uh, Phil is yes. a Trekkie. Uh, but Phil, Very cool. I you can find you, Phil. his blog. You can find his blog at swordoftheancients.com. Uh, Phil is a certified librarian, which is really cool. Uh, he's getting his master's degree in library studies, library tech, something like that. Uh, so follow phil he's an amazing writer he has some really cool stuff on there and then ryan is a really good artist if you find him you can look up him on instagram 
at Alva Fox, A-L-V-A-F-O-X-X. Uh, he does some really cool art. You can also order mugs, T-shirts, that kind of stuff with the, with pictures of what he's drawn. So please check him out on Instagram. He, uh, His art is really amazing. And having been living with him and watch him create some of those, uh, he's just a really impressive artist. You should really check him out. But that's what I've got. I've seen the stuff Ricky D is talking about. It's he's not blowing smoke. It's very, very good. Uh, Josh and Kylie, please. Um, I have just to, just to pretty much to reiterate everyone that you had mentioned. Um, I just want to thank all of them for supporting us for coming on the TMA show and letting us chat with them, getting to know them. Um, like like we said this week with Sean from Cheap Seat. Next week is Bed Bed Behead, I believe. Um, I'd have to double check that, but. It's it's been incredible getting to know everyone. So uh, my one big shout out, and this is really just for me. Um, this band from Australia, Home by July, total pop punk band. You probably saw me tweet about it earlier this week, but he is really good. Um, <laughs> and it sent me down a pop punk rabbit hole that just I found so many new bands um, just by going to his Spotify and looking at, uh, you know, other bands that are like related to his music or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, home by July, a lot of fun. If you guys are pop punk listeners, go, go check him out. Cause he, uh, he's pretty good. Cool. Um, I just wanted to, you know, just a little special thank you to everybody, all the guys who are in the chat. I think that that's probably one of the funnest parts about this whole experience is people who come and um, participate with us. Um, but an extra special shout out to Rosie in particular, um, because she reached out to me personally and gave me some words of encouragement and like some tips and tricks. And I thought that was really nice that she went out of her way to do that. So mm-hmm. absolutely. That's very cool. Rosie. Yeah. Rosie is one of those people who unintentionally makes you feel bad sometimes. Cause you're like, I will never be that gracious and caring. And like, I could try every day. Like I could always try to be a better person and I might never get to the level that Rosie is at. Like we, we love you, Rosie. You, you are, you're going to be a shepherd again, but we don't have a word for shepherds yet. That's the other thing. Uh, We had shepherds of shine last season and those were the people that were our biggest supporters, our most active listeners, people that were, sharing us we can't have shepherds on cowboy bebop there's no shepherds in cowboy bebop so we're gonna need to come up with a name for our best coolest most ardent supporters this season and uh the lines are open tweet me you know call us do whatever you have to do send me a message on instagram if you know what to call the shepherds of shine this season let me know because i'm open and I can't wait to start handing the new title out. Uh, Callie, you were on a holiday starting two hours ago, and this is the start to your weekend? I am jealous. And also, thank you so much for letting us be part of your holiday weekend. That is that is awesome. And we are very proud to be here uh, sharing some time with you. That is that is very cool. Thank you. You guys, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like... You know that when we get to the end of these episodes, I always stall like crazy because I just, 
I want to keep doing it, and I love making the show with you guys. I have a freaking blast every time. I have had the longest week this week, despite it being a four-day week. I've worked overtime every day. I'm working overtime tomorrow morning, and you know what? I feel like I could climb a mountain right now. Like I am, I'm having a blast. I am fully awake. This has been so much fun, and I'm so happy to see Callie, Rona again, and Rosie, Ryan, and Phil, Ricky D. Even like I'm even happy to see Ricky D. from Best Flicks with Ricky D. You guys, okay? Wow. <laughs> I this is this is the best part of my week every week, and I'm I'm happy to be back at it with you guys, and I cannot wait to watch the next two episodes of Cowboy Bebop. Before we get out of here, is there anything else you guys feel like you have to say? No. All right. No, sir. Well, I haven't invented a really cool sign-off yet, but I think for tonight, Josh, if you're ready to hit end, the sign-off goes like this. See you, Space Cowboy. Oh, God, I'm not prepared!